There's only one Sun Devil going to this year's NFL Scouting Combine, but it's really difficult to feel like these guys didn't get snubbed. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. A special shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day. And don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you're getting your podcast. Stay in touch with the show by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36, the podcast as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back into the show. Today, we are going to be taking a look at the Sun Devils who will be entering the 20, oh my goodness, the 2024 NFL Draft, which is actually pretty crazy to think that we are already at that process. We're about two and a half months away from seeing some Sun Devils fulfill their NFL dreams and make it to the next level and hopefully carve out some very good careers. There's been a handful of Sun Devils that have gone in over the last several years. In the 2022 draft, there were four players drafted. Last year, there was only one player drafted in Nesta Jade Silvera. Uh, Zavian Valade, Z- uh, Zavian Valade, excuse me, was an undrafted free agent and should have been drafted at a minimum. But this year, there's not as many guys. And there should have been three really big names, but they all had an extra year of eligibility and unfortunately transferred out of the program in the forms of Jalen Conyers, BJ Green, and Jordan Clark. Instead, there are a handful of guys that are going pro. I don't know how many of them truly have pro futures, but there's five guys to me, not the restaurant, that I feel very strongly are going to be on practice squads at a minimum next year and be priority uh, free agent signees if they don't get drafted. But there is one player that we're going to start the show talking about, the lone participant at the NFL Scouting Combine this year. And I, I can't think of a guy who deserves it more, and that's Roe Torrance. If you are new to the Locked on Sun Levels podcast or if you're new to Sun Devils football, period, because I am far from the only person who has talked about Ro Torrance before. This kid's a stud, and this kid is absolutely a next-level player. This was a junior college player who transferred to Auburn in 2021, couldn't get on the field, moved to Arizona State, and the last two seasons has been the number one corner, and like by a wide margin. That's not even an insult to the other guys. Like there are quality corners on this team. I've talked about Ed Wood several times as the team's number one corner heading into this year. However, Roe Torrance was just a stud. Like we have seen quality corner play over the last decade. Headlined by Chase Lucas and Roe Torrance. While I wouldn't put him in a Chase Lucas category for like the overall impact he had at Arizona State because Lucas obviously played five years with the program and is the all-time starts leader and just an all-time player. Roe Torrance was 
at least on his level in terms of play. He was a very, very, very good football player and somebody that I am very bummed out that we didn't get another season out of him, but all the eligibility stuff that I can't keep up with, I don't think he had any remaining. And if he did, then it makes sense why he decided to jump ship and go to the pros because he's got a future. And obviously the NFL believes that, which is why they invited him to the scouting combine. Now he's going to go there and I won't tell you he's a freak athlete. That's going to jump out of the gym. He is a lot more athletic than one might realize for a corner, ladies and gentlemen, a corner who is 6'3", 200 pounds. This guy is able to flip his hips and match with good receivers. 2022, exceptionally great year. He came into the into the offseason as that transfer. There weren't ridiculously high expectations for Roe Torrance because you had plenty of other guys that were competing for starting roles, but Roe Torrance just emerged as camp went on and on and on. And by the end of the year, we were looking at Roe Torrance as perhaps one of the best players on the defensive side of the football for the team. 2023, not as strong. There was definitely more highs and lows. There were some games where Torrance was getting exposed and there were games where he looked like his usual self and someone who wasn't a racer. This is absolutely a caliber player that makes sense to be able to make that jump. Now, how high he gets drafted, I have no idea. I am, I just am not super intelligent when it comes to that. Like, I can be very mainstream with everyone else and tell you that he feels like a day three pick, but my heart tells me that this is someone that is going to make a larger impact than people realize. And this is going to be someone that we look back on and we're going to be like, man, Roe Torrance is a pretty good value for insert whatever round he was drafted or God forbid if he goes undrafted, I think we do look back at Roe Torrance and we go, man, what a great value. Not even saying he's going to be a future Hall of Famer or anything like that because I try to stay away from that as much as I can, especially because I do let my biases get in the way. But Roe Torrance is a very good football player. And he's somebody that if he gets placed into the right situation, whether that's developing for a couple of years or even seeing playing time, but underneath a really good defensive play caller, he's going to be a quality player at the next level. I believe that with all my heart. I'm not saying Pro Bowl. I'm not saying All Pro. I'm not saying a 17-game starter. But this is a player that I believe is going to have a quality NFL career three years, four years, five years. Like, I think he beats the average. I'll, that That's where I'll go. I think he beats the average on NFL playing career, which I think is around three years. I think he at least gets that far. Man, I, I don't know. Maybe I am just incredibly biased when it comes to Roe Torrance. I could totally own that. But he's he's got the tools that NFL teams look for. This isn't a 5'9", 180-pound corner that just doesn't stack up with the NFL the NFL style and the, the, the cookie-cutter outline that they look for with guys. And maybe he's not the most physically, athletically gifted guy. Like, I don't know that Roe Torrance is a 4'3 runner or a 4'4 runner. I don't know that Roe Torrance is going to go absolutely crazy on the bench press. But... He is going to, at a minimum, 
not not look like one of the worst performers out there. If he is, then I'll be dumbfounded. I truly will be. But this is someone I won't be surprised if we hear like, hey, this was kind of a hidden gem of the combine. This was a sleeper. This was one of the biggest winners. That's where I feel with Ro Torrance. And it 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 makes me feel happy and justified in thinking this, knowing that the NFL did see that value in him enough to invite him to the combine. Obviously, there's a handful of guys that I'm really shocked and upset did not get that NFL combine vote. I said at the top of the show that there's five total players that I feel should have been going to the combine. Roe Torrance is one of them, but he definitely feels like the strongest candidate out of them, which is why I don't have a problem with it necessarily. Obviously, in my heart, yeah, I have a huge problem with there not being 40 Sun Devils at the combine. Of course, I want all our guys there. But at the end of the day, Torrance was absolutely the best candidate. He's easily the best shot to uh, get to the next level, get drafted, and potentially make an impact. But again, there are four other players that I felt should have been invited. We're going to talk about them in just one second. This is the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy your tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, new new users will get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket and use code Vegas100 with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. That view from your seat, you can see that before you buy, and that way you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. All-in prices are going to show your total upfront, and you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. You don't have to worry about hidden fees. You can get your tickets in two seconds with two simple taps. Get those tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after that event starts, it's the best place to find those last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals, and all sorts of other tickets for any event you can think of. There's zone deals where you can pick the section. Game time picks the seats for big time savings. And one more amazing factor is the game time guarantee. It means you're always getting the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use code VE. G-A-S-100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. I appreciate you guys as always for tuning in. And a shout out to my everydayers who are here every day. Back into this edition of the podcast, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the four other Sun Devils that I believe were snubbed from making it to the NFL Combine. We're going to break it up two and two, and we're going to be talking about the trench guys and then a couple stud veterans from the defense. There were a lot of Sun Devils who ended up coming back to the program. Like, they could have seen a ton of guys go to the pros. It was was a veteran-laced roster last year. But again, three guys that definitely would have been going to the combine with 
B.J. Green, Jordan Clark, and Jalen Conyers opted to use a graduate transfer for themselves. And now you look at some of the some of the other veterans who decided to come back, like a Xavier Guillory or a Prince Dorbaugh. There were definitely guys that could have gone to the next level who opted to return. But these four guys, I'm I'm not shocked they didn't get an invite because the NFL Combine, even though they invite like over 300 uh, contestants, I guess, even though they invite three prospects, we'll call them prospects, 300 prospects, I still feel as though these guys should have gotten invites. Let's go ahead and start with one of the most deserving players for me, and that's Joey Ramos. Joey Ramos worked his you-know-what-off through the entirety of his collegiate career, which included a 2022 season where he was injured in the opening game for the Sun Devils against NAU. He comes back. He works through the injury. He plays very, very well in the 2023 season when you consider the the amount of injuries that were pouring onto the team and especially the offensive line. It got to a point where Joey was playing with a club on his hand, but he played through all sorts of nicks and injuries and was one of the more consistent guys on the line along with Leif uh, Fontanu. Like there, there were a lot of, a lot of guys that were just constantly going down with injury last year. But Joey Ramos was one of your constants, and he was flexed all over the place. He played guard. He played right tackle. He had the versatility to be able to move throughout the offensive line. And that, to me, is enough evidence to show that he deserves a chance to show off what he can be. This is a player that really did not get his flowers and his roses last year for how good and how quality he was. But I look at him as a guy who NFL teams are going to view as that that sixth offensive lineman, that swing tackle, that key special teams player. He is everything you look for for a for a player that brings the versatility. And he's got size. He's 6'6", like 315 pounds, I think, is what the team website lists him as. So he's not small. He's not a tweener. This guy has NFL size. And he's got NFL play experience, especially with the versatility that I mentioned. Is You don't find a lot of guys like Joey Ramos that are, that are able to play so many different positions along the offensive line. He can wear a ton of different hats. And he showed that he's more than more than quality, more than capable of being that kind of player. Definitely, of these four guys, I'm the most shocked that Joey Ramos didn't make it. Next guy who really stunned me, Deshaun Mallory. Mallory was one of the unsung heroes of the Sun Devils last year. Like he transfers in from Michigan State. And it was it was the weirdest thing that was going on because there was like academic stuff and just overall transfer rulings that made it a very foggy situation. But he comes to Arizona State and he is easily, for me, one of the most important players that played defense for them last year. He was a cog in the middle 
of the defensive line. Uh, ESPN lists him at 6'1", 275. I definitely felt he played bigger than that. I didn't think to check the team, excuse me, the, the team website, but I understand he's not the biggest guy on the field, but he plays physical. And he plays with an edge and a chip on his shoulder and is someone that I view as like just a, a really important versatile player along the defensive line. Now, when I say versatile, he's not someone that can bounce out to edge. He can't uh, line up in a two-point stance or anything like that, but you don't want him to. You want him playing inside, maybe shade on like a like a nose tackle spot, depending on how big he gets. I think he continues to play around that 290 weight. That would be my ideal spot for him. And I think that might be why he didn't get the combine invite is he's not this physically imposing guy compared to some of the other players that are going to the draft. Like he's not Tavondre Sweat from Texas, who's over six feet and like 360 pounds. Like that's not Deshaun Mallory, but Mallory absolutely played very, very good football last year. For the Sun Devils, you were you were really looking for someone to inherit the Nesta Jade Silvero role that the Sun Devils had in 2022. Silvero was a was a really good veteran nose tackle, defensive tackle for the team who was able to help control the line of scrimmage. He was really quick off the snap and someone who played better than what you would think for his size. Mallory stepped into that role and he played exceedingly good. He was able to take on take on double teams and blocks. He was able to generate pressure. He had two sacks last year. He did a lot of dirty work for the Sun Devils. And similar to Ramos, and I don't want to continue to say this over and over, it didn't feel like he got his flowers and his roses for his efforts. It didn't feel like Deshaun Mallory was truly looked at as one of the better players on the defensive side of the football for the Sun Devils. And that's really disappointing because he, he gave so much for this program and he was so much better than people realize. And he definitely took off when he switched from Jersey number 98 to number zero. That's when he became elite was that Jersey switch. But in all seriousness, he's a stud. The tricky part with guys like Mallory is there's so many guys who who play above their their physical limitations that just don't get fair chances in the NFL. And I don't know that Mallory as kind of that tweener interior guy is going to get a chance. But what I do know is the resume was there for him, not so much in the statistics category, but it was there from a play point ability. And from that standpoint of somebody who had a lot of time on the football field, both at Arizona State and at Michigan State, where he played prior to transferring, he had a lot of game time experience. He had a lot of snaps. And that's where I'm disappointed that, they, that he didn't get a combine invite. I just believe that those guys deserve a little more attention. And Mallory was one of the guys who suffered that that stigma and that stereotype, unfortunately. Like, I, I understand 
why the NFL didn't give him the invite, but nonetheless, I am upset and I am disappointed, but there's two more players I want to talk about who also didn't get invites that I felt should have gotten that opportunity to show off and strut their stuff. We're going to talk about them just one moment. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. I appreciate you guys for tuning in as always. And remember, wherever you're getting your podcast, to hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. You guys should also check out the Lockdown Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube so you can see all the biggest news and stories in sports from, from the pros to college and across all leagues. Let's wrap up our conversation and take a look at the final two players that I felt should have gotten an opportunity to go to the NFL Combine. We're going to start with linebacker Travian Brown. Trey Brown. Mr. Mr. Veteran. He was arguably the most important player for the new defensive scheme that the Sun Devils had last year. He was somebody that I highlighted throughout the offseason. He was somebody who definitely took on a very large role for the team. And he was definitely a player who played above the expectations that he was given, in my opinion. At a minimum, he met your expectations. Brown was transferring from Washington State after playing four years in like a sub-package role for the team. Comes to Arizona State, and he had followed defensive coordinator Brian Ward from Wazoo to ASU. And that was one of the biggest reasons that I talked about him and that other people talked about him as one of the most important key transfer players for the Sun Devils last year. He he played under Brian Ward. He was someone that had a lot of playtime experience. And you looked at the Sun Devils linebacker core because they were losing Merlin Robertson and they were losing Kyle Sully. And there was a lot, a lot of transition throughout the defense. There was a lot of veterans that were no longer with the program that you had to figure out how to replace. And Trey Brown was instrumental in helping that team to not only not fall even more into despair from the unit we saw in 2022, because for all accounts and purposes, that was a horrible defense. But he helped them to be a more than quality unit and not like like a great, not, not a great unit, but a very good unit, especially for where they were a year prior. Trey Brown, if he didn't come to the program last year, I sincerely question where we would have been. There was not a lot of experience at linebacker. You had you had Will Schaefer and Caleb McCullough as the most veteran guys who both were part-time roles at best previously. You had Tate Romney and Crew Jackson transferring in who were redshirt freshmen that did not have any playtime experience. There were freshmen coming in like KV and Thunderbird. There just flat out 
was not a lot of guys who had significant amount of playtime. And even Trey Brown was in a reserve role, but he was so far and ahead of the rest of these guys that you, you valued him so much more. And he comes in and he's immediately the starter, which is no surprise to anyone. And he elevates the guys around him. Tate Romney comes out and has a really good uh, fret, redshirt sophomore season, or he might've been a redshirt freshman, honestly, but he has a really good season for Arizona state. And some of the other guys around him are able to play well. And the guys ahead of him on the defensive line play well. And the guys behind him in the secondary play well. And Trey Brown was the forefront of getting this defense to that point. Now, like I said with Mallory, the NFL doesn't necessarily value that as much as we do. But he's 6'2", 245, so he's a prototypical linebacker. He had more than enough experience. He had uh, four years of good playtime experience. He was a full-time starter last year. This is a guy that, similar to Mallory, I understand why he didn't get invited, but I'm nonetheless disappointed that he didn't get the invite. Definitely feel like this is another, another free agent guy that teams are going to take a look at and maybe finds himself a niche as a special teams player. Last guy I want to talk about is Chris Edmonds. Chris Edmonds at safety. Now, this is a guy who had production in his five-year career, which included three years at Samford prior to transferring to ASU in 2022. He had 11 interceptions. And at 6'2", 215, with some tackling prowess, because in his two seasons at Arizona State, he had 121 tackles. Yeah, 121 tackles. He... I'm just shocked that he was snubbed outside of Joey Ramos. I would put Chris Edmonds second on my list of guys. I'm shocked to get to that to, to Indianapolis. We don't have tackle numbers for him at Samford, but at Samford, he had eight interceptions in three years. He comes to Arizona state in 2022 he has three interceptions his first year. Last year, he didn't have any, but the team flat out just did not record turnovers. What he did do was lead the team in tackles, or no, he was uh, second on the team, excuse me, with 71 tackles. And he was all over the place in the, in the secondary, but he has sides at 6'2", 215. He had production. He had ball hawking skills. How he didn't get a combine invite, beyond me. This is, after Joey Ramos, easily my number two player of how the heck did you not get that invite? Similar to Roe Torrance, I don't know how he's going to test. He's not this freak athlete who's going to run a 4-3 or anything like that. I don't think he's going to test out of the gym. But with that being said, he just has so much so much playtime. And that that's one of the things that has really driven my argument for these guys here is they've got the playtime experience. And to me, that means something. It means something. It's not like Richie Bradshaw, who spent six years at Arizona State and appeared in 12 games. It's not like that guy is the one I'm pounding the table to go to Indianapolis and compete. But these guys have all had significant significant playing experience 
And that's where I'm disappointed. And Joey Ramos, who has the versatility, blows my mind he didn't get there. And Chris Edmonds, who has the production across two different levels of college football, doesn't get there. Deshaun Mallory doesn't get there. Trey Brown doesn't get there. It's it's upsetting. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. But at the end of the day, if nothing else, you were always going to be competing with the teams that did have winning seasons. And because the Sun Devils had gone back-to-back three-win seasons, they these players were all going to get the stigma that they weren't worth inviting because the team was bad. So why would we invite players from a bad team to compete? All, all five of these guys, I really do think are going to get off-season opportunities. Every single one of these five, for me, deserves a chance to make it to an NFL roster, to make it to the practice squad, to find a way to stand out. But the NFL drafts crapshoot. We said the same thing about Zazavian Valade last year. And he went to, I think, three different teams. And he was undrafted. We just don't know. And for all we know, the lone invite row Torrance might not get drafted. And it sucks. And it's unfortunate. But that's the NFL draft. And they don't care about my opinion. And they don't care about your opinion. But with that being said, I do want to know your opinion. And I want to know how you feel about these guys not getting invited to the NFL combine. Are you outraged? Do you understand it? Did I miss somebody? Let me know in the comments. You can you can drop it on YouTube. You can hit me up on Twitter at RichieBrats36, the podcast as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. But wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. As always, you guys are the best for tuning in. And a shout-out to my everydayers who are here every single day. We got a basketball game tonight at home against Oregon State. Tune in, go to the game, whatever it is, show some support. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk some more Sun Devil Athletics. I'll see you then, and until then, you keep it locked right here on Lock.